0: isn't anyone going to listen to a podcast (laughs) yeah i hope so (laughs) my mum probably will so oh that's great you can finish it with keeping it lit
1: i'm going to be cutting the shit out of this Mm. basically what this is going to be is the freeride new zealand tv series kind of uh as a longer form podcast uh it's gonna be myself jay french and my co-host kieran bennett Hello. Hi, Karen. How are you? It's pretty cold here in Christchurch tonight, isn't it? It's quite cold. It's quite warm in here, though. Yeah, how are you feeling about your first podcast adventure? It's different. At least I don't have to look at a camera this year. Oh, well, you know, don't rule it out completely. (laughs) Um, Just for everyone at home, we're sitting in like a really fancy studio, much fancier than we expected. And um, we've just been talking about how the the sound quality here is probably going to be way better than the quality of the content that we're putting forwards.
0: Yeah, we definitely jumped in the deep end of the pool this week.
1: okay so um we've gone through what we might call it we've got some other ideas but we're tbc on a name to be honest so we'll call it the free ride new zealand podcast to start off with working title yeah sounds good so um what we used to do in the free ride new zealand tv series or free ride new zealand tv was talk about mainly the world cup racing and things that were going on in the um in the mountain bike industry and in the mountain bike world uh, we get Karen's insight on all the facts and things because I'm not very good with facts or anything pre 2010. <laughs> um, so I mean, we're going to talk about the the season opener today. So Lord in France, round one of the UCI Downhill World Cup. Um, did you watch it? Did you watch it live? I did. No, I did not watch it live.
0: I got up and watched it this morning. Yeah, it's so, a, it's, it's a heavy night when you get up and watch
1: it at 2am. 1am. Ah, that's bad enough. And it was 11pm for the girls, not that you'd know, because (laughs) you're not a huge fan of watching the women's race. don't know what you're talking about. Right. Um, So, I mean, it's a big, it's always a big race, the first race of the season. It's a month out before Fort William. It's kind of at the end of the winter slash autumn season. No, wait, it's the end of winter, spring? Yeah, Yeah. it's the end of spring. Uh, It's a bit confusing because this year there was snow literally the day before the racing
0: yeah and they moved lords out by a month i think this year three weeks maybe yeah and it, still snow snow was, for track
1: walk yeah it looked brutal up there i was you know a little bit gutted that i wasn't there but at the same time i would love to be you know traipsing around in the snow trying to take photos of riders yeah um so like before the race actually started what were the what were the big topics that were going on well we had the 29ers that was Santa
0: the big- Cruz, that had to be the hottest topic that just about broke the internet.
1: Or, as people were saying, it broke the internet for three days. Yeah. Um, it was just, that was all that anyone was talking about for this round.
0: Yeah, and then pretty much Loris couldn't have done much better than going out and qualifying first and Luca qualifying third on them to basically prove that they, they were a factor. I mean, those two guys are, are good as it is, but they basically just kind of put it to all the haters that don't really get it and realize that
1: sometimes those bigger wheels are faster so like i know from your your posts on social media that uh you're a fan
0: i'm a big fan i hadn't really i'd ridden a 29er once about three years ago and i quite enjoyed it and that was when it still you know they weren't they weren't that good you still didn't get that good of wheels or tires or anything and um yeah i got my high tower last year and um first ride was so much fun it was so fast so I've been um, I've been a bit of a
1: convert ever since. Yeah, I've only ever ridden one 29er properly, which is your high tower when you were mm. racing the XC, and I just bugged it off and rode some enduro. I don't know, like it probably takes a bit of getting used to, but I don't have the same sort of hate that people have for 29ers. What? Why do people hate them so much?
0: I don't know. I think there's just it's like the two-stroke people in motocross. They just you get those people that just love stuff from from way too long ago that. They just don't get that times change and trends change and bikes change and technology changes. And what do you know? you got a faster bike that people probably wouldn't have expected to see a year ago.
1: Isn't that like the only thing though? Like why do people hate something that's faster? Like otherwise everyone would be racing around on 26s still. People are afraid of change. Yeah, fair enough. I think I am. Um, but yeah, I, I just don't understand that. Like it's not a thing that, that I get worried about. But I've seen so many people like Brooke McDonald, for example, who in his um, 17 questions... On vital uh, said that he will never be seen riding a 29er
0: yeah but I don't know maybe six seven years ago those guys probably would have said they would have never r- raced a 27.5 times change you know everyone thought that 26 was around forever and who has a 26
1: inch wheeled bike these days me there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I still I do have a hard tail with 26 inch wheels on it but um yeah because I think Loris was the same Loris said that he he's not ever going to ride a 29er and then one of the first things that happened um he had to eat his words when he was having that interview with rob i don't know if you saw that yeah and he was like i said i'd never ride a 29er but yeah here i am what can i say
0: yeah and and they are they're kind of strange because they do have a different feeling and like i think loris kind of felt that too from the things i've seen where he felt faster on his um 27.5 v 10 and then uh Greg sort of talked to him and said you know try it give it a go and the the time runs didn't lie and he was faster every
1: time on the 29er so hey it happens. And that's a pretty good uh, segue um Loris and Luca on Santa Cruz. Yeah
0: well so um last year we sort of saw what was a pretty big surprise to a lot of people with Ratboy making his somewhat retirement I guess from downhill racing he um
1: he segued into another into another event didn't he
0: yeah and i guess um yeah people didn't see that coming but he was just kind of burnt out on the travel burnt out on racing the same tracks the tracks getting faster and less technical and i don't know there's there's a number of factors there but i think the overwhelming theme was he was just a bit burnt out on it and he's um yeah now he's pulled a top 10 in aws at rotorua I got the enjoyment of riding with him all day there and that was um that was pretty entertaining and I heard yeah. a few stories that will never get repeated on a podcast. But I had a
1: couple of beers with him the night before the race as well. And I yeah. was like, Oh, are you still racing tomorrow? He's like, Yeah and I'm like, All right, <laughs> good <laughs> on you, bro. No, um, he's
0: he's just having a good time and he's doing some ambassador sort of style stuff with loose dog and they're just, just killing it like it always. It suits him.
1: What's that? It suits him.
0: Yeah. He um he's having fun. That's what he's always done best, you know he that's what came through when he was racing he just always looked like he was cruising and having a good time but he was killing it and like oh and i got he passed me on four stages that enduro (laughs) (laughs) it was demoralizing but he was just cruising and going so fast but hey i couldn't complain at the end of the day when i think he finished up eighth so yeah he killed it and um yeah at the same time we had Petey finally retiring after like 63 years of world cup racing and god knows how many world cup titles but um so that kind of kind of left a big hole in the syndicate which I had sort of figured from last year with how good Luca had been rising up through the ranks that he would probably be next in line there and then um Loris was a little bit of a surprise though I didn't really expect to see him going there but once I sort of it seems to fit. So,
1: I mean, we'd we'd called a lot of things last year. Um, a lot of them we weren't able to call because we heard it from people that didn't want us to repeat it. Yeah. Uh, I, you touched on before, like people not seeing Ratboy leaving, but we, I think we would call that pretty early on in the year, hadn't we?
0: Yeah, I think that was kind of sort of circulating through a few people yeah. that knew and like fairly early he on. He just lost his stoke for yeah. everything. He would lost the fun. So,
1: but it, the the change from. Petey and Ratboy to Luca and Loris is a pretty it's a big change like the team dynamic is going to change a lot
0: yeah for sure I think you know like the last couple of seasons you saw Petey sort of almost just at the end of his he was just having fun he was having a good time he was he was just doing his thing was his custom painted bikes and gear and just yeah. kind of seeing his career out as an absolute hero like he is and um so yeah that was kind of that was kind of coming and then rat boy kind of came out of nowhere but i think um i think luca and loris and greg will be a good dynamic greg will kind of be the father figure so to speak i think but he still he'll still have a good time so
1: uh, yeah because i feel like it's gone from being like a pretty light-hearted team you know fast don't get me wrong to quite a serious like a super serious team like luke Shaw is a serious man loris yeah, not so much he's a bit of a joker but um but he knows when to sort of put his head down
0: yeah i think luke is just quiet i don't know from what i from what i've seen he seems like he, he has a good time and i don't know the everyone on that team you know like marshy and dougie and kathy everyone everyone has a good time and so i think that'll that'll fit you know they're there to win races but they're there to have fun too so
1: yeah and you know to be honest they they could have done that this this weekend if uh the weather hadn't have done what it did but that's for later on anyway um the, the another thing from that whole that whole shake up has been Lo, loris and loic so that split between those two those two have been sort of like growing up together best as friends you know bffs all that kind of thing and now they're like was that because loris had got to a point where he was you know coming into the realm of beating loic and you can't have a team with two number one riders in it
0: yeah sort of i think that's probably like i mean he'd been on this that team you know what was originally lapierre and then what turned into specialized gravity and uh he'd been with them for a while so i don't think there would have been any sort of bad falling out with the team i think maybe it's just gonna exactly like you say you know there was two top dogs on the team and loris kind of wanted to maybe go and do something different and get his moment in the spotlight but which is kind of interesting too you know because he's joined a team with like the greatest of all time of downhill racing at this stage basically all right our fanboy there can't help it <laughs> um yeah it's a it's a pretty big it's a- <laughs> i knew i kept i kept fucking fidgeting with that i was like i gotta stop doing this
1: karen's had his uh his pen confiscated thank um, you producer yeah <laughs> If we sound good, it's not it's not because we're good at this. And yeah, if not. that
0: clicking noise is gone, it's because my pen's been taken, so
1: <laughs> <laughs> now what are you gonna fidget with though? I don't
0: know, I'm just gonna have to play with my hands.
1: <laughs> so I mean there weren't really that many more big changes coming into this this season. Like not you know, for really. us little hometown people, like seeing Rupert change to Pivot, that was that was the thing that happened. Yeah.
0: I didn't really see that see that coming until i heard someone saying rupert's riding a pivot in the bike park well but i think that was um partially elliot jackson got um got a ride with the giant factory team so that kind of opened up that spot and um yeah rupert made the move in there with bernard and Nico malali moved to yt yeah it was probably one of the other reasonably big ones back with um his old team manager martin whiteley that a few years ago he left a contract early to get out of the team that martin was managing yeah and who, now he's back there so hey gwyn kind of did the same thing so
1: i mean i don't personally know martin whiteley but he obviously knows what he's doing he's trained some some pretty good guys he's, he's managed some pretty good guys so
0: he's been around for a long long time yeah he knows exactly how the world cup works he's been an instigator of so many changes of things that have got better in the world cup and at the end of the day he's um He's a very knowledgeable guy and he knows how to run a good team, so maybe there was something personal there beforehand, but I don't know. Same thing happens. They've both gone back there and, and it seems like he's running a good deal with that YT mob again, so
1: Yeah, I mean he had a didn't have a great couple of years, Nico. Um do you know him personally?
0: Yeah, yeah, I've known Nico for a while now.
1: How do you reckon he's gonna go on Y T?
0: i think if he's happy he'll be good i don't know like a they kind of made made mention of it in the broadcast about how i think rob asked uh claudio what happened to him for the last two years while he was his manager but yeah i'm not really sure what went on there but i don't know nico seems to be kind of enjoying himself he's got his bike park that he's doing back at home and
1: oh man everyone has a bike park yeah days. that's true
0: <laughs> he, yeah he, he rode he rode solid and um
1: time will tell i guess yeah, I mean he's he's had good results in the past. Chainless yeah. race of two thousand and fourteen. Fourth at World Champs yeah. with no chain. That was yeah, that was pretty incredible.
0: Two well two years ago at Lords he was um looking like he was like a man that could win until he I think blew his tire and wheel apart a and minute and a half into the track.
1: And he's American as well, isn't he? Yeah. So how do you reckon he's gonna go with Aaron?
0: Well I think that I think they're pretty good friends, so I'd say they'll um they'll get on well,
1: cool, because yeah, I could imagine that being quite daunting moving to a team with Aaron Gwynn.
0: Well, they were teammates on trek beforehand too, so they've known each other for a for a long time.
1: Was that under Martin Whiteley? Yeah, yeah, right, so it's all just come back around again, mm, full circle, <laughs> right, good. Um, what else happened? So I've got the last thing that I've got here in my notes is they've finally released the new Norco downhill bike. The one that I've been so precious about sharing shots with and, and whatnot. Um, finally, I saw a side-on picture on the internet. What are your thoughts on that bike? Looks better than the old one. What, the Aurum? <laughs> yeah.
0: I know, the, the Aurum seemed to have some pretty strange characteristics about it, and I think I probably talked about it a bit last year. It just didn't look like it was working that well. It was um, it looked like as soon as it started like getting up to speed, it was just not tracking very well i remember seeing videos of blinking and the bike just looked horrible and um i think this new new bike they've gone kind of a full 90 degree turn to the orem and now they've actually got the full high pivot so it gives it a lot bigger um bigger curve to the to the wheel path basically yeah so you um your wheel kind of moves backwards and up out of the way so for square edge bumps theoretically it's a lot better than something say with a low pivot where the wheel kind of just moves
1: upwards it's so hard to explain this on a podcast
0: i don't know they they seem to be um those guys seem to be pretty happy with the bike and i know they've been been doing some testing and that on it and yeah blinky seems happy and he's uh yeah he's got a couple more years with norco racing downhill so hopefully we'll see some some more good results
1: he started off well with a top 20 result
0: yeah yeah he was um and i mean he's he's not 100 percent right now he everyone he separated everyone knows his he shoulder sepa- he separated his ac joint in his shoulder just before crank works yeah, which is um it's not the worst injury but it can be pretty painful and um so he just started riding a week ago and um yeah we went and rode we went and rode some trail bikes um yeah the weekend before last before lords and he was still... It's it's okay, but he's not 100% by any means, so... Blinky's hard, though. Yep.
1: Like, if I had done that, I'd be at home yeah, on the couch. W- he
0: wasn't missing it. So, no, he'll be back, back in New Zealand this week, I'd say. And, um, yeah, looking just to get some more strength back and get his speed back up and hopefully see him do well at Fort William, where he's um, he's done pretty well in the past.
1: Sick. All right, well, then that brings us on to... The race at Lord. Um, what happened? Uh, was it the day before? Bit of snow.
0: Yeah, we, we bit of snow at the top of the track. I've um, done a race back in 2000 and 2008, Angel Fire and the USA, and we spent the first day of practice riding, riding through snow for about the top third of the track.
1: What tyres did you run? I think we just had dry tyres on. Okay, it
0: was <laughs> it was the strangest race because you're riding just through snow at the top which would have maybe two or three lines through it everyone's riding the same thing and everyone was getting on fine and then uh next day the snow melted all the rocks came out at the top people couldn't ride just people crashing everywhere so it was a pretty amusing day
1: but yeah it looked it looked hard it looked sketchy especially the start ramp like a wooden start ramp covered in snow but
0: yeah i mean i i looked at that and i thought oh man this is going to be terrible for practice because the year before they had um they had a really wet practice rumour, and everyone yep. was just crashing down that steep section. And then the first day of practice looked perfect. It was like hero dirt.
1: Yeah. Everyone was saying it was great dirt, fantastic dirt. The, the track surface was mint, but so, um,
0: yeah, somehow it just soaked it up and, and made it perfect for that first day of practice. And then,
1: so everyone practiced on a nice dry and tacky track. And then, well, I bet halfway through, was it halfway through the elites?
0: No, it was only about the top. I think about the top, 12 guys got the rain so yeah it started it started getting really guessing we should probably talk about qualifying before we go there for yeah
1: that's a yeah good shot um i mean even before we get to that (coughs) from the snow like we got to see claudio and laurie do a track preview and it just looks so loose like riding through that snow
0: yeah you just don't know what's underneath it too half the time yeah it's just rocks hidden under there it's the worst part
1: and you were saying that this has been moved forwards or back three weeks or something like that, wasn't it? Because it was at yeah, the back, start of
0: April. Back, I guess, yeah. So it's about three weeks three weeks later in the year. So it should have really, you know, the weather should be getting better. But, yeah, still looks like it was um, a pretty rough, cold weekend.
1: The weather's so unpredictable in this sport, though. Like, if you're up in the mountains, it's always going to be unpredictable. Look at um, Rotorua for crankworks in yeah, the EWS. Exactly. How was that? <laughs> yeah, was terrible. <laughs> that Um, was
0: that was a long 65 kilometers in the rain
1: yeah that was a miserable miserable couple of days there um probably worse for you being out in it the whole time but everyone just looked like drowned rats and that's how it goes though like it's hard on cameras it's hard on athletes it's hard on marshals and organizers but you know you can't do anything about it
0: i had so much caffeine that ews day to get me through the day nice ellen was just feeding me up on caffeine pills and caffeine gel shots (laughs) and I didn't sleep very well that night. Um, how'd you go, by the way? Uh, I don't think I was actually racing. Now that I come to think about it, I
1: prefer not to talk about it. <laughs> I, I can't, I actually, was just, I was I can't anyway. even remember
0: what the result was. It was that bad.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, good. Um, so, before back to back to a World Cup racing for the Lord, we had a full contingent of Kiwis turn up to the start line or to the Qualies line, anyway.
0: Yeah, yeah. All of our um, all of our top guys were pretty well healthy minus um blinky with a bit of an injured shoulder but still turned up though yeah he was still there and still the second
1: fastest kiwi on the day
0: still rode good yeah exactly so no it was good good to see everyone there and everyone healthy and
1: matt walker didn't
0: um, i don't know what happened to matt walker i didn't get a chance to um sort of delve into that one any deeper but he basically said no excuses and just didn't happen so hopefully we see some something a bit, bit more out of Matt next week well in four weeks at Fort William
1: yeah but Fort William's gonna favor his teammate isn't it it's yeah Greg's, Greg, hometown. Greg's always well not to his hometown but it's his home course isn't it yeah.
0: so yeah we had um we had some pretty well we had had Brooke qualifying intent so that was a good good solid qualifier for Brooke to start the season he had a he had a pretty rough 2016 so it's pretty happy to see him around there and then um Blinky in seventeenth, so like I said, with his shoulder, that was um, that was a pretty pretty good outing for him. And then George rounding out the top twenty, so pretty pretty decent.
1: That's really really consistent by Blinky there, a quality at seventeenth and a twentieth in the race.
0: Yeah, well, I mean it's it's good points. You know, he's he's inside the top twenty going forward, so he's protected. Where
1: a lot of riders aren't. Yeah, a, a lot, lot of, of those are, top guys are not. Basically, the yeah. top ten <laughs> aren't. So, who were your predictions that on your spoke magazine article? I'm not
0: sure whether I actually ended up doing a prediction, or but you, uh, ju- you just kind
1: of put some names out there.
0: Yeah, I, I have a, have an almost daily text with James Rennie and we always uh, have a little, have a little prediction on, on who's gonna win, and uh, I think I called, Loic, for the win, um, Gwyn for second, Danny Hart for third, and I picked Jack Moyer as my sleeper.
1: They're just really good calls, but um, you know, with the weather being what it was, yeah, it
0: blew that out of the didn't, water. Didn't I don't think do anyone it. would have had uh, Feil picked for for the win.
1: No, we have to get James Rennie on here at some stage. Yeah, we're gonna have to work out how to get him get him in. Well, get him, get on, him on. Get him on the Skype. Get him on the Skypes. <laughs> Should we? You have more on
0: qualies? Well, I was just wondering whether we kind of just flick through the qualies just because that's kind of the more actual like closer to what should have been yeah okay the qualifying i mean with the way if you've watched the race then you know exactly how it played out but um yeah i mean qualifying was was pretty interesting for me to see see loris up there and first straight away on the 29er so that like we said earlier that uh they kind of t- you know kind of really threw a spanner in all the haters that were talking shit on the 29er so it was that was cool to see and then luca in third but yeah we had Had Bruni up in second, which was not really that big of a surprise. And um, it was kind of all the usual suspects almost from there. You know, Danny Hart in fourth, Gwyn in fifth, Minar in sixth, Brosnan in seventh. It was um, pretty sort of standard. It was just
1: standard rep street at the top.
0: Yeah. And I think that should have been more of what we saw in the finals. But it could have been, um, I think there would have been some shuffling for sure. And it's just a bit of a bummer that we didn't really get to see that at the end of the day.
1: Keeps it interesting though. Hmm. On that though, on, on the whole 29 thing, how many guys are going to come out Fort William on a 29er? Which is what I would say is a course more suited to a 29 inch wheel.
0: Yeah, that's, um, that's going to be interesting to see because I know there's been a few other people testing them for sure. I'd...
1: I've heard G was testing one, a Trek 29 Yeah,
0: The Trek has been, they dropped that on the internet a few weeks ago. Um, I think Dirt did a whole thing on that, so wouldn't surprise me see um cg on one i think cube have one i'm pretty sure so we may well see uh matt walker and greg williamson on the on the big wheels but apart from that i'm i'm not really sure who would be prepared for it i think you may see something out of intense i believe they've been testing one already
1: they didn't they used to have a 29er
0: they've played with them now and then jeff steber who created started intense he's I mean, he's a welder by trade, so he's kind of tinkered around and made them in the past. But that was going back a while ago too, before you know, before there was good suspension, good tires, good wheels. But yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure that those guys have been testing one, so maybe a um, 29M16 for Fort William as well. But uh, apart from those guys, I'm not really sure if we'll see too many more
1: because yeah, the smaller companies are going to find it harder to get the parts together to bring out like a prototype bike in the middle of a season
0: yeah exactly and then they also you know if they weren't prepared for it then they're going to be scrambling trying to get tires and things like santa cruz was smart they had maxis making them tires you know they they had this prep from
1: months ago so yeah and like in your opinion um what's it going to be like for the riders say say everyone sees these results and they see how fast that loris went and they're like right we're going to throw it out there we're going to put 29ers on our downhill bike how hard is it going to be for the riders to go from a 27.5 to to a 29 inch wheel like they do ride differently
0: they are a bit different but i mean these guys are the best in the world they adapt to things pretty quickly so i don't i don't see it being a big drama they're only going to ride it if they are going faster and if they are comfortable on it so they're um they're smart about this sort of stuff they'll they'll be doing testing they'll be doing back-to-back timing between the two wheel sizes on the bikes and They'll definitely be able to tell. I mean, when you see things like the telemetry that they run on Bruni's bike to, you know, get a suspension dialed in, they, they'll easily be doing back-to-back stuff. Yeah, his stuff. shit is next level. Yeah, like, it's, pants, that's yeah. that's like <laughs> Science F, fiction. F1 stuff out of him and him and his mechanic Jack. It's pretty cool to see. It is good.
1: What else you got there, Chief? I
0: think my highlight of the weekend was um, Eddie's, Eddie Master's uh, Instagram story on Starter start race
1: day. I didn't even see it.
0: Oh, it was great it was a um this doesn't actually sound that funny now that we're talking <laughs> so about goes, yourself but
1: <laughs> replaying a instagram story through a podcast yeah go on then karen
0: random french lady putting her rollerblades on trying to roll blade eddie just several videos later next thing you know he's up there helping you teaching you to rollerblade blade down the street it was great brilliant was content. Eddie, eddie masters the people's champion <laughs> eddie
1: the eagle he was in your picks wasn't he
0: yeah i was hoping to well just watch a out, good watch out for Fort William. You know we saw him qualify second, second there last year
1: before the Long Valley downhill. The eagle the Long gully or whatever it was. The
0: eagle can do it. If anyone can, <laughs> everyone just wants to see him do it.
1: Man, I I can't say I've even got a highlight from this weekend. It was I was retired tired for most of the race.
0: It's a little odd. I know they're trying to make more of a TV package now with Red Bull TV. So you only see the top twenty and the current leader, who was tapping to be the eventual winner, Alexander Faoli and um spoiler alert so you could beep that out <laughs> so you kind of you didn't get to see a real range of people riding we just um we kind of saw him on a dry track and we saw a few i mean we saw a few other guys on a dry track but it got really really windy like you saw the storm pick up as it got deeper into the top 20 and um it just it started looking terrible i think the wind was what was really just absolutely destroying people for
1: us for the the start before the rain came tangent um on what you just said before about the red bull tv package do you i don't know if you'd watch it but do you think there would be appetite for people to pay like a subscription for a longer broadcast so you know they've got this red bull tv broadcast aimed at getting people to watch it you know getting eyes to watch the sport which is really good but then you have all your hardcore fans like in the f1 who can watch the bbc f1 channel or whatever it is if they were to be like look we're playing the first 120 writers or whatever i think so because it kind of goes back to when this whole like free
0: to air broadcasting started with freecaster and they used to they used to do the whole event.
1: Yeah, didn't they have, like, 27 cameras down the hill or something? Yeah, it
0: was it was crazy, you know, and this was when streaming anything on the internet sucked as well, and so it was, like, constantly cutting out and a battle to even watch it, but you could see everyone and you could go back and watch a replay of basically the whole race, but I think they, they could, but then again, it's Red Bull, and I don't think Red Bull cares about making money out of anything except for just selling energy drinks, so i think they're just there trying to make a tv package and make something good and i mean hey they're doing a good job but you know without them the racing would be not quite at the level it probably is because they're obviously kind of helping it get more mainstream but then at the same time you can see the tracks changing and everything to suit what they want to do with it so it's a bit of a
1: double-edged sword yeah yeah i was gonna say it's kind of like a double-edged sword well done um yeah sorry to interrupt you that's right
0: we kind of gone all over the
1: show it's the beauty of a podcast mate <laughs> it is just um, all over the show yeah what we're we talking about we're talking about the wind
0: yeah i mean i really started noticing the wind um i think it was around blinky and um from watching you know watching fail run at the very start he looked like he was racing on a whole nother day You know there was no clouds it was calm there was no rain and then as it went on it just got worse and i know g was the first person i
1: noticed that had roll offs on you could see it in in the start gate that first shot like um you know it was clear you could see across the valley and then all of a sudden you could see that front coming across and then a couple of riders later there was just sheets of rain and cloud just blowing across that front camera and then by the last couple of riders it was just a complete white out at the top
0: yeah yeah it got really bad and um yeah so g had roll offs on and that was that was one thing that i kind of noticed for a start i thought okay yeah because it's hard to tell you couldn't really tell whether it was really raining or not at that point and um so yeah there was obviously some moisture there and then um i'm pretty sure Ferrin started after him
1: Props to coniferum for placing.
0: Corniferum put in the ride of the day out of the top twenty for sure. Like to to pull off a fifth and it was so windy. I watched his run again and he was it just looked so gusty. And when you watch um
1: Oh yeah, he got blown right off. He he kind of straighted that that road gap yeah, and just went just whoosh, went sideways. Side.
0: So yeah, I mean if if you'd watched any of the point of view videos from that race, you see they had quite a few long kind of traverses along the side of the hill yeah and being a gully the wind was probably blowing straight along those traverses which would make for some gnarly headwinds yeah it
1: was really blowing as well yeah it wasn't I mean, just like quite a windy day like i thought it was going to yeah, blow it was all gusty. the advertising off it was blowing the track tape off yeah so he um it was weather yeah he killed it and um
0: he got some he got some good overall points out of it
1: well he's always been one of your sort of like dark horse picks hasn't he
0: yeah connor's kind of been a little bit he's he's there but he's still kind of under the radar i just don't think people expect him but man i would probably not rule him out for a podium at any race of the year
1: he was super consistent last year um but this race he kind of went back to old school Conor Ferran, where he was just yeah loose. he had some moments for sure
0: <laughs> <laughs> he was he was on the edge but um yeah and then from kind of connor onwards it just looked like it got worse and worse you know like
1: it was the same story for everyone that came down afterwards as well there wasn't like oh this guy kind of got a window it was yeah. just everyone was like 60 65 70th adam Braden
0: looked like he basically gave up halfway down the run just terrible. towards terrifying. the bottom he was just i could just see he was just standing and cruising and i mean he was still kind of not in the worst of it well, i mean it was it was not good but it was not as bad as when it got down a bit deeper like I'm watching, our- watching
1: loris slide down the wall
0: yeah, well Brooke was the first person that really caught me by surprise as he came into it and he's just couldn't control his bike. Yeah. And I was like, Oh wow, it's got bad in there. Yeah. And um yeah, when you see those guys that have qualified in the top ten and they can barely, you know, like barely keep a bike going straight down a section, you know it's got bad.
1: And like the the whole chat was like, Oh, the weather's turned to shit. Danny Hart's up next, Danny Hart, Champri, he's he's the one that can bring it back and then you see him just Sliding off a straight and down the bank, and you're like, right, okay, yeah. it's bad out there. There's, there's a big
0: difference between steep and soft in yeah. the mud than there is when you get to fast, hard pack, rocky ice. Yeah. <laughs> and especially, you know, like they've done two days of practice or whatever it was on the track and the bone dry, and that track would have been so hard packed because it's so fast. And you get that rain on there and it's just there's no traction and, t- and tire to, doesn't make a to, difference no, there's nothing to bite into your dry tires aren't going to do anything your spikes aren't going to do anything so yeah they were they were basically doomed once they got into the top 10 they were there was not nothing going to happen in that yeah
1: there's there's not really that much to say about it like everyone had a really shit time getting down the hill no one was spared aaron groom went down danny went down yeah gwyn got disqualified too yeah, he went off the tape and came down below it, yeah. didn't he? So, no, but, no. I mean, he wasn't going to get any points. Not anyway, there was so. many
0: points up for grabs where those guys were. But hey, it, it still made a difference at the end of the day. There's um, you know, there's guys like, Loris and Loic are, um, they're not sitting too bad. I mean, they're not great, but they definitely, you know, they still came out of it with some some better points, and you know, they're they're a long way
1: up. it really opens it up at the top so like by this stage you can probably you get the idea of where this is going anyone who came down earlier in the day had a much better chance of taking the win so i remember seeing just as the broadcast started looking at the placings and, and saying to myself oh sorry guys you haven't you haven't done quite enough today like you're not gonna be sitting there in a couple of races time but like I, you know take my hat off to them they are they were all sitting there at that time at the end yeah no one really bettered those those places well i mean those guys at the top are still they're good they're good races
0: you know oh like yeah definitely don't, Mike, don't get Mike wallace marcello they're they're amazing riders like i'd i'd pick them for a podium you know i would have probably put those two guys down as um potential podium picks at some point in the season anyway but um yeah i mean like but it did play a big big factor because Alexander Faoli's time was still
1: just slightly off Loris's qualifying time. Yeah, so Loris qualified in a 2.52, 6.84. Yeah, and then Faoli uh, was
0: 0. 0.758. Yeah. So it was just back. But, you know, World Cup racing never stays that close between qualifying and race. No. So, I mean, it would... um, Yeah, it definitely would have the pace would have gone up
1: for sure what time did fail to do what in qualifying or yeah because his race run was a two fifty two seven five eight. yeah i'm just looking for where the fuck
0: did he qualify he qualified in 52nd
1: so he did a 305 he still yeah, he still took a lot of his time
0: yeah so he qualified on a 305 and dropped down to a 252 so
1: uh, like you know people were saying it was a good run it was a hell of a run would it have stood up to the other guys Not at the chance. real sharp end of the pack I don't think so but I mean he still gave it everything I'm stoked for him and he's pretty stoked and like let me put my fact in here my my one fact he was the first Frenchman to win in France for nearly 20 years
0: yeah I was surprised to hear that I thought for sure that uh, Burrell or someone like that would have um, would have won a World Cup yeah, nineteen ninety eight, a
1: long time to go without. Great fact though.
0: That was a great fact. Stolen straight from Red Bull T V. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um these they they did, they they got a gift, but that's racing, you know. It's happened before many times and I think,
1: who said that? Uh it was Bernard, wasn't it, when he came down yeah, I think he was so. just like, ah oh, well that's racing.
0: Yeah. I mean it's happened before, like we go back to Champs-Prix, that kinda happened there and but, you know, it's, it is it is going to make it interesting going forward. I mean, Gwynn basically nearly had the series wrapped up with a race to go last year. So, at least that kind of puts him on level playing field with yeah. everyone else. You see Rupert with the sixth place.
1: Yeah, I mean, how about that? Rupert, sixth
0: place. 0. 0.011 off yeah. the podium. Like, was- I mean, how bittersweet <laughs> does that have to be? You just got your best World Cup result, but you just missed the podium. And you probably would have got a bonus on the podium too.
1: Ah, uh, well. It's a good start for the season. Yeah. No, nah, yeah. that's
0: that's an awesome start for Rupert and I mean I know he's taken it pretty seriously with um with Pivot, so it's good to see hopefully he carries on and pulls some more good results off.
1: Cheeky Chapman straight out the gate. So he'll be sitting on the leaderboard up the top there somewhere. I think he's
0: he's eighth in points, so yeah, he didn't have a, he had a good qualifier but not a massive amount of points from qualifying, so he's kinda of gone back a little bit from his
1: what a confidence boost at the start of the
0: season, though. Yeah. To be eighth. For sure. And then we've got, um, yeah, Blinky in 15th. So it's a couple of Kiwis there in the top 20.
1: Yeah, stoked to see Blinky in the top 20, though. I really hope it is his year this year.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, me and Blinky have been racing each other since we were probably, like, 12 or 13. So Knee
1: high to a grasshopper, mate. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So it's, um, I mean, I've it's good to see, you know, like, we were... We were massive competitors back in the day, but I've been a fan of his for a while, and it's um it's good to see him still still be up there and pull some good results.
1: He's got a few years left in him yet. If we go by the other, you know, if yeah. he goes way. Um, I mean, he's PD or Manar. He's still got a wee way to go. Yeah,
0: and he's he's always a threat. You know, he can he can pull some pretty amazing runs out.
1: This bike could be could be what does it for him.
0: Hopefully, seems to be seems to be happier. So he's that's going to be a big it? thing
1: so like back to another another year of rebel commentating rob warner and claudio in the um in the commentary box some more good times yeah
0: i um i wouldn't envy their job uh, i mean i do i would like
1: to be i would like to be a downhill world cup oh, commentator man, it,
0: it's got to be hard though you know to be able to constantly call something happening when people are doing like the same thing run look at the time (laughs) and i mean warner's had to dial it back so much but they um they do a pretty good job but it's pretty funny some of the some of the stuff that they come out with and you're sort of going that's not right
1: that one call that claudio had, that um that Santa Cruz mustn't have had any 29-inch wet weather tyres. Yeah,
0: when every single photo <laughs> that came out of the bike when it was released at the start of the week had Maxis Shorty
1: like wet tyres on it. No, and like it, this is like one of the biggest teams in World Cup downhill racing. They're just gonna turn up to a race and be like, "Well, I've only got one set of tyres, guys. So yeah. just yeah, be careful. Don't get s- any punches. Try not to too <laughs> yes. much.
0: I'd like to know where Minar's rear tyre went. Did you see the Win's video of Manara on the side of the track with no rear tire on his bike? No, no practice. Win posted a video on his Facebook page, watching from the side of the track, and he's giving Greg shit because Greg's rolling along the side of the track with no rear tire whatsoever, just a rim. Yeah, all right. Good. I don't know how he managed to completely remove a downhill tire from his wheel, but yeah, spectator with
1: a knife. Yeah, maybe. Um, yeah, it would be a tough job to be a commentator. I see, because, you know, uh, one of Rob's go-tos is like, oh, you know, he's he's 1.5 seconds back, he's two seconds back, he's still in touch, and then Claudio pulls him up. He's like, to be honest, Rob, I don't think he's still in touch if he's two seconds back, and then Rob's just like, okay. <laughs> he's like, come on, guys. <laughs> yeah,
0: there's there's got to be a bit of a balance between, um, yeah, where they um, pull each other up. But
1: You don't reckon we're going to take on the World Cup commentating in the next 10 years then? Don't think so. Oh, not with that attitude anyway. No. <laughs> suppose we should talk about the women's race
0: yeah well i mean what do you know rachel atherton won uh, by two and a half seconds Well like, i know we
1: stopped talking about this in the in the tv series because it was just the same thing like you know and, and like i would always say like it's it's awesome that she keeps winning but there's not really much more to say like she's really good I mean, that's that's the thing like she is she's just better
0: and i mean uh as much as i appreciate you know the other girls how they they talk about how they want to beat rachel they got to do it you know yeah
1: and like she said she's like man it's getting tough sitting at the top here because like all anyone says is that they want me to lose They like, they want to beat me it's, and she's like fair enough
0: it's got to get you know it's got to get harder because when you're so dominant and you win so many races in a row i just feel like the more you win the, the harder s- it's going to be when those you odds lose are that going race. up
1: the stacks are going up yeah. like you know especially if she's going to get to a point where she's too perfect seasons in or something i'd
0: call it a career if she wins every race this year just done
1: (laughs) yeah quit while you're ahead
0: (laughs) i think now she is um yeah she's got the most wins in a row like in female downhill
1: beaten Ann caro
0: yeah i think she just i think she maybe matched her last year she may have passed her last year
1: i mean in any sport that's an impressive streak and like she is celebrated for being as fast as she is yeah and it's great like she's she's awesome but um, i thought you know tani with a first place that maybe uh, first place qualifier sorry that maybe she'd stepped it up and she could have something to to present to um rachel but it just wasn't wasn't to be no rachel was just she was just strong from the start you know i just quickly
0: looked at the times there and she's two and a half seconds up at the first split basically and then just held it from there and was like see you later
1: yeah and that's just how it goes for her whole season probably yeah if she if she manages to win and i kind of want someone to beat her just just to have something else to talk <laughs> about and this is not a, a slight on rachel atherton like i think she's fantastic but you know like it's it's been the same conversation for two years i want to say yeah. oh my gosh like miranda miller she's a sixth place she's going really well and specialized and then next week she gets a win or something mm. i don't know
0: yeah it'll be um i don't know it'll be it'll be interesting to see if and when it happens you know and and what the circumstances are like does she crash does she have a mechanical or does she just
1: straight up get beaten so i want it to be that one Mm. because like sure even i think when when manon got her 2014 world cup win um she said like yeah it's great but at the same time like rachel was pretty sick all all season long and she didn't feel like her you know i just want to beat her yes by being faster, straight up yeah and that's fair enough.
0: I've got like two more points. That's yeah, I was gonna say probably just about wrap it up and then maybe make some bold predictions for Fort William.
1: Whew, I haven't even thought about bold predictions, but yeah, I mean, um, I hit. I went over to Pinkbike to to have a look at the uh, comments after the race, obviously. And like, I don't know if you if you did the same, no, but um, the, avoid it. The top comment was like, "Mountain bike god Sword 29er on track." Dot dot dot. He sent Storm four, four, four upvotes like immediately in one day. Good on you, bro! Like, I went to Pinkbike to look at photos of the rain. Basically, I just wanted to see lots of rain photos from the uh the Pinkbike photo epic. Yeah, but, uh,
0: I um I went to Spoke Magazine to read World Cup observations instead. Yeah,
1: <laughs> blatant plug. Spot on too. Yeah, yeah. Those. What are you? Are you gonna do another one for the World Cup race at um Fort William? So what my plan is, is to,
0: and originally it was going to be um, my observations of the race. So kind of what we're doing now, but just in a short written format, but I did a preview one. So I may do a preview and a review each, each round. So
1: you're really dominating New Zealand mountain bike media at the moment. Yeah. I'm just, you know, trying to find a way, a way to carry on being (laughs) in the scene. (laughs) You're going to be like (laughs) New Zealand's only mountain bike
0: pundit. Yeah mountain bike journalist mountain bike racer
1: are you technically a journalist I don't know if you are I'm going to call myself a journalist <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go with it you've got to spell your name correctly if you want to be a journalist mate. I didn't do that <laughs> <laughs> uh, good um, good photos in that article anyway yeah they were really they top, were really those top ones. notch <laughs> a couple of shots from Lenza and one from Crankworks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I think there might have been some from National, New Zealand yeah. National Jams too <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's actually going to... I've got a picture of Faoli from National Chaps, and that's it, so that's going up for sure. That's the
0: magic of uh, magic of the internet.
1: Yeah. Bold predictions for Fort William. 29er will win. Everyone will be racing a 29er. Uh, that's, that's bold. Okay, that's too bold, isn't it? Yeah. That's like Kenya bold. Yeah. <laughs> Was that a coffee joke? <laughs> Tea. Oh, okay. I'm sorry, it's so late. Um,
0: <laughs> no, I... Uh, I... I think we're going to see Manar. I think Manar will win.
1: How many times are you going to make that prediction? Probably every race yeah. of the year. <laughs> Aaron Gwynn, Loic Bruni, or Greg Manar, probably my one, two, three for the year.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, um, without sounding too much like a fanboy, I mean, he he's said it before. I mean, he has been saying it this year. Like He, he generally kind of starts the season off a little bit quiet. Yep. If a sixth place in qualifying at Lord's is quiet. And that bike is fast, like Fort William is the perfect track for that bike. And he has won five times. Yep,
1: it's, he's good on that track. He's so, good on a longer track. Um, what about Troy Brosnan? 2014, uh, his one and only World Cup win was 2014 at Fort Bill. Yeah, Troy's... Um, um, he's itching for another one. You can't rule Troy out anywhere.
0: He's, he's probably like one of the most consistent guys that isn't Aaron Gwynn right now so um it'll be interesting to see what uh what he puts together on a you know an even playing field on the new canyon so well at least fort william if it rains it's the same yep. that place is just as it's better if it's wet so the weather isn't really going to play a factor which will be nice so it'll be good to see good to see a good race
1: i think i'd have to put a put a bit of money on adam brayton the keswick kestrel yes i feel like it's a flat I feel like he's he could do well there. Yeah,
0: he's um, he's a wild man, and have you seen how ripped he is? No, <laughs> he just looks like all he does is goes to CrossFit. He's just a beast, so he'll be strong.
1: Yeah, well, it's a it's a track that favours a strong rider,
0: definitely. Uh, but mate, then again, they always said that, and Troy Brosnan won, and he's a pretty little dude. And Eddie he qualified was second. Yeah, it is a it is a secret trainer though. Oh, he, I don't think people realise he—he's a secret trainer. This has gone into Sorry, a weird
1: either. sort of like thing about discussing what people look like, but here's another person like who's completely shredded, and I don't understand how because he's always out drinking.
0: Yeah, and he also looks like he's
1: about forty-five, so <laughs> it stays in. <laughs> um, Sorry, Eddie. Yeah, a 20 er If it could win, then
0: yeah, I think my my boldest prediction that will probably be in my next um next column on Spoke is that there will be a Syndicate 1-2-3 at a World Cup this year.
1: Imagine that. Imagine if they just rolled out and it's, did it straight off the bat. It's bold, but I'm I'm going for it. Could I put a wager on it? No. No, come I'm on.
0: Not, I'm not, I don't have enough money for that. I'll buy this you journalism
1: a, thing doesn't pay enough. Yeah, it doesn't pay at all. I'll buy you a beer if <laughs> uh, if that happens. All right. One, but if it doesn't, you have to buy me one. Okay, Cool. I can take that wager. Yeah, good because i'll probably be getting that one yeah he probably will but who's the fastest kiwi uh next month um
0: i think eddie will be the fastest but in qualifying will, will he be the fastest <laughs> that stays on his bike no i uh i'm gonna go with blinky blinky blinky's always been good at fort william yep. and he's a strong peddler can't stop pedaling in the air off drops everywhere so and he's, he's raced there enough. He knows how to race that place. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Blinky.
1: Yeah, I think you're probably right. Or Brooke, maybe.
0: Yeah, Brooke is also... Brook seems really
1: determined this year. Yeah. I, although he always seems really determined.
0: And he's another guy that's strong, you know. Yeah. He can put down the power, so... Especially with that place, with that long, flat motorway section at the bottom. Yeah. There's a lot of a lot of positions that gained and lost
1: there. A lot of pedalling. Yeah. And a lot of crushing jumps. Mm-hmm. But that's affected by the wind as well. So let's see what the weather's going to do. Because if it was anything like last year, or was it the year before, I can't remember, when it just absolutely tipped it down with rain so badly, they cancelled practice. Yeah. All right, well, I don't really have much more to say.
0: No, my microphone's slowly falling down, and I'm slowly, (laughs) like, getting down further, so we could probably wrap that up. (laughs) There we go. We're back in action.
1: So, you know, this being the uh, pilot of the podcasts, the foray into the the podcast we need to see how it goes how it's received yep. before we guarantee that there's going to be another one so make sure you tell all
0: your friends to download it so you get lots of clicks and then someone will come and
1: sponsor it yeah that's you julie bennett <laughs> yeah <laughs> you, you listen to it lots <laughs> just put it on repeat yeah. play it for the dog please um yeah like normal podcasts have feedback don't they so we yeah. should should we ask for feedback yeah but only like,
0: good feedback yeah
1: <laughs> yeah i don't want to hear anything bad but I'll, yeah I, i'd like to i suppose we'll we'll go through what we said this week at the start of next month's podcast or whatever and see how badly wrong we were or how far off the mark we were yeah as usual it's always quite a wee way off so we're wrapping it up from the helpful studio in christchurch the helpful studio that
0: helped us make a podcast chris has been most helpful
1: yeah he's super pro we are not super pro no i have he's no lo- idea what i'm doing he's just looking at us and shaking his head most of the time like yeah. man this shit is tedious <laughs> this shit is dry it's like i'm not taking up mountain biking anytime soon um if i was to ask for anything we, we're thinking about having some people come on the show as in like some interviews yeah so we'd be interested in hearing who you'd want to hear from <laughs> what, what kind of stuff you we'll want to s- hear we'll see what we can do i know a few
0: people give you us know feedback a few people what do you want to hear what don't you want to hear just gonna be you feedback saying
1: yet? we don't want to hear so much of you guys. Yeah, that's so So just one. that's about it, really. Yeah, less of you, more of nothing. Social media plug
0: at Kieran Bennett thirty six, free ride New Zealand. As always, always <laughs> keeping it lit. <laughs> <laughs>